Welcome to Buenta Vista Socialist Club, uh, episode 34. I'm Andrew, and I'm here with Theo. Hey, it's so nice the uh, intro music's so long now. It gives me more more opportunity to uh, hastily chew my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to digest mid-intro. Yep. That's good. Uh, we're also here with Ben. Hello. Uh, I want to be angry that you put Theo first, but uh, also... While I was sitting there, uh, while the music was playing, staring at Zencaster, uh, I, I made my name for when I entered Zencaster as Cocksucker Greg, because I thought that was funny. But then I misread it as Cocksuckerberg. I've, I've only seen it as Cocksuckerberg. Oh, I was saying it in my head as if it was Mark Zuckerberg, so Cocksuckerberg. <laughs> a really good own if you want to homophobically insult uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Call him Cock Zuckerberg. <laughs> mm. And it's got just a tinge of anti-Semitism about it too. Oh, yeah. It's got oh, everything. Mm. I guess it does. Yeah. For the record, uh, I was just being homophobic with Cocksucker Greg. Uh, I was picturing sort of a man who's on a forum uh, and he's letting people know that that's what his interests are. I don't know what sort of forum, if it's about cocks. I don't know, but that's what I was picturing when I did it. I'm imagining it's a bodybuilder for him. <laughs> See, I was thinking like for chartered accountants. <laughs> <laughs> I like the bodybuilding one that he's a beloved figure on the forum <laughs> and, and people just like, ah, oh, every thread. <laughs> Here comes Cocksucker Greg. <laughs> you look really great. Greg. Loving those muscles, loving mm. those delts. Love to suck that cock. <laughs> Imagine if this was yeah. the first episode you listened to and you thought this is what the show was about. I mean, it is too. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, we'd, we ponder the deep stuff uh, like imagining people saying to each other, look, we'd ban him, but his advice on protein stacks is just too good. <laughs> we just kind of yeah. love him. I think he's kind of like a incest guy from Twitter. Uh, mm. <laughs> Controversial figure, that guy. Similar sort of deal. He loves that incest. Uh, seems like a friendly person. Yeah. It's a real champion of incest. Shout out to Cocksucker anyway, Greg. Uh, don't know if wherever, you exist or Wherever not. you might be. <laughs> There's an alternate universe where you're real, and it might be this one. Uh, now, folks, when you, when you do sign into um, the, the app that we use to record the show, uh, like the guy said, you can put a name in for yourself if you're so inclined. And... Theo's name brings us to the topic uh, that we were planning to discuss. Good segue. It's big, big, big news story this week. And uh, Theo has selected the name Barnaby's Choice, <laughs> which, which tickled me a great deal uh, when he got in here. Tickled your turn up. So, um, uh, yes. Mm. Oh, for... Oh. Now, for the uninitiated, uh, Barnaby Joyce is the Deputy Prime Minister of Australia. He, uh, within the last year or two, became the leader of uh, the Nationals, who are uh, half of the coalition, the ruling, the ruling party of Australia, uh, which is made up of the Liberal Party and the Nationals. Uh, the Nationals essentially, I guess, being the, the country version of the Liberals. Yeah, that's fair. Um, of course, we've all enjoyed it in the past when uh, other governments have had to be formed out of like 
you know, they've had to make a minority of Labor and the Greens and an independent or something. And um, the LNP gets insanely mad saying they don't even have the numbers to make up the government by themselves. They're illegitimate. It's an illegitimate government. Whereas like every time they've formed government in the last however many decades, it's l- literally been a coalition of two parties, uh, neither of which could actually get elected by themselves. Um, so Barnaby's been in the news. Uh, he's been in the news because he's been a naughty boy. Uh, ben, would you like to illuminate the people on what Barnaby's been up to? He's been fucking. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's been, there's been fucking and possibly sucking. Uh, I can't possibly comment on the sucking, I but can't, I can. can't picture it. Uh, I can't picture any of it. This is the <laughs> worst part of it. All right, so he uh, in November, late November of last year, I believe, uh, announced that he was separating from his wife, weirdly, as part of a speech he gave about same-sex marriage. Uh, Weird time to drop that. Uh, And there are a lot of rumors about his conduct, but it was never really made clear what he had done. Uh, And then... So no press gallery journalists would report on it. No one in mainstream media would report on it because there's this whole thing about not reporting about people's private lives until they decided uh, two days ago, two or three days ago, that uh, the fact that the former staffer of his that he had been conducting a long-term affair with uh, is up the duff. She's got a baby in Mm. the oven. Mm. Well... (laughs) Not sure that's how that saying goes, but I think that's what the expression is. I'm pretty sure. Mm. I, I I thought a um a baby in the oven was known as the California cheeseburger. No, never <laughs> heard just, the expression. Uh, I, I, I hope I, the listeners at home uh, just got a fill of the crickets that are in the background of Ben's audio uh, in the silence after that. I feel like Theo and I psychically communicated to decide that we were going to give you nothing but silence there. And it, <laughs> it paid off beautifully. Would you like me to explain what a California cheeseburger is? Yeah, very much so. Sure. Oh, it's, it's well, it's from the, um, it's from the like reefer madness type days of oh, anti-marijuana that, paranoia. That whole, uh, I got high, put the, the baby in the oven thing. He was a turkey. Yeah, and then I then I was so high I ate my baby, and that's that's the California cheeseburger. That's um, that's hippies getting so wild on the grass on the old Mexican lettuce what's uh, the, that they what's they the eat worst thing young. you've ever eaten when you were high? Me? Yeah. Oh, Theo doesn't take know. drugs, so. Well, I'll, all right, I'll give you one that I think kind of flip flops between um, worst and best, um, which is that I was frying burgers in a pan. Uh, beef beef patties um, and then I ate the burgers and I was like good stuff still hungry for obvious reasons uh, took a tube of cookie dough the old um, the old pre pre-made cookie dough from the supermarket mm-hmm. out of the fridge uh, started cutting it up into chunks and frying it in the in the beef fat that was still in the pan oh hot damn <laughs> and I'll tell you man it, it was it was something because the outside got all like um, all nice and hot and crispy, like a fresh cookie. But the inside was all molten cookie dough. And you're getting that sweet um, and it had umami the, flavor from the beef fat. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh. So um, I want to say it was bad, but it was actually just fucking great. I mean, it's definitely gross, but that sounds yes, fucking yes. amazing. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. So um, so there you go. I think the one hey. time that I yeah. I got really high and the only thing that I had in the fridge this is before I was vegetarian. I had like a <laughs> kilo of uh, uncooked bacon in the fridge. I, was, I knew I was too high to cook it without hurting myself. So I just ate a full kilo of uncooked bacon. Well, at least it's cured. It's cured. So, I mean, it's not like it's raw meat, uh, but it, my guts, they did not appreciate that. Uh, but I did mm. while I was eating it. Mm. So uh, who's the real winner? Me or my guts? Yeah. Why not both? Why not both? Um, so look, we've been a little sidetracked here, but the, the real point is the Barnaby Joyce has a has a California cheeseburger in the microwave. He does. Uh, and so suddenly we have reached the tipping point where after, uh, quote, journalist, end quote, Sherry Markson <laughs> uh, decided this is the part uh, where we're now allowed to talk about it because we got a cheap tabloid shot of his pregnant partner uh we're going live with the story uh so now everyone is willing to discuss that barnaby joyce had an affair which makes a lot of articles that were written in october last year very very funny because they were all written by people who clearly knew what was happening but refused to explicitly mm. say it because of the weird code of conduct that they were operating by in in the same newspaper it should be added so it was the oh, it was the Daily yes, Telegraph, uh, right? That that um, published um, uh, yeah. same journalist. It was Sherry Markson both times. It's, so I so I assumed it, they apologised for the earlier error. Well, okay. So this is the thing: uh, if you read the original story, uh, which was the uh, Barnaby Joyce battles vicious innuendo. So that that yes. was the one that led all the stories, right? And everyone's like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? What's going on here? We all read this article as Shari sort of defending him and claiming that it was a, you know, a dirty fight against him. But if you... Yeah, a filthy smear. Yeah, yeah. but if you read it again, uh, basically her position is that it's a dirty tactic but also she's still publishing it she's not really taking a position in this at all it's just the word choice of vicious innuendo and then outside of that she's like well this is gonna fuck him up but then won't say what it is i i actually read a really good quote from her today um after she had published this because as we know as we do or don't know um she's now the editor of the daily telegraph she she basically like went from I think sort of the gossip columnist of the Australian to uh, whatever she was doing at the Daily Telegraph before that, but she's now the editor, so it was very much her choice to run this. It wasn't you know she pushed it up and somebody finally relented. It was um, an active decision from her. And uh, the quote I read today, when uh, you know she had been questioned about whether or not. Um, it was appropriate or whether or not it was in the public interest or whatever. Um, the way she chose to defend herself was by saying, look, I don't think any of the punters out there are going to be saying, oh, I wish I didn't know that the deputy prime minister was having a saucy affair. 
I nobody out there saying I wish they hadn't published that and I didn't know it now. I was like, that's you, she's not actually making any kind of argument about public interest. She's just saying, yeah, but people want the dirt. People want the dirt, uh, which they do. But um, but yeah, I mean that that kind of brings us to the whole larger issue. I mean, obviously there is what you were talking about, Ben, of of a lot of that sort of stuff going around of. Um, yeah, whether or not it's appropriate to talk about politicians' private lives, and I'm sure all of all of us three would have seen um, sort of arguing between different journalists and stuff about whether or not it's appropriate, mm-hmm. and yeah, and what constitutes um, public interest, and where's the kind of litmus test for that, and lots of that sort of stuff. But um, now that it's out in the open, people are really people are really going to town about it, and. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there is the whole issue of journalists clearly all having known about it for a very long time Mm -hmm. and having said nothing, which raises some questions. I've got a few examples here of how willing people were to talk about it without talking about it. Uh, So, it's in the original Markson article, she basically da Vinci coded what happened into it. (laughs) So there's two passages that are key to this. Uh, In about the fifth or sixth paragraph, she says, The private turmoil has spilled over into his office. With staff leaving at the height of the situation, one of Mr. Joyce's female advisors left his office to work for another minister who was close to Mr. Joyce before moving to another MP. That, of course, turned out to be the woman with whom he was having an affair. And then at the bottom of the article, there's this one teensy tiny little sentence that appears apropos of absolutely nothing. Mr. Joyce, who was married in 1993, is Catholic and has spoken often of his conservative social and economic values. Mm. <laughs> I wonder why that's relevant. Just sprinkle that in there. Uh, Andrew Bolt did a story about it uh, in around the same time uh, where he... Where are we? Um... Oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. He was just quoting the uh, the other one. He just does his usual thing where he <laughs> takes somebody else's story and adds a few notes. He said, if true, Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce is finished. <laughs> Turns out that's absolutely not true. He was not. Uh, and then... Not even slightly. No. And then in the Northern Daily Leader, which is a newspaper, it was this oh, wonderful story. Just... Truly, truly phenomenal. This headline alone is uh, so good. Man on other side of Barnaby Joyce stalking accusation speaks up about hat flicking pub incident. (laughs) Uh, Which is all contained in the opening two paragraphs. Uh, The man accused of stalking Barnaby Joyce claims he has only met him twice, but admitted to provoking him, which ended with a hat flicking incident at the Grayman Hotel near Inverall on Monday night. Former deputy, former deputy prime minister and leader of the National Party. Uh, this was he was former at the time uh, because he had been uh, Section Forty Ford, and this is before he won the by election and got his seat back. Uh, Barnaby Joyce told Fairfax Media on Tuesday that he was being stalked and did not deny flicking a man's hat off during a heated encounter at the New England pub. <laughs> uh, there's a line in there saying that the man is believed to have made a comment about Mr. Joyce's personal life as he left the pub, which prompted a threatening response. 
When asked about the incident, Miss Joyce said his private life is private. Uh, until, until it isn't. And then the guy who broke that story, uh, Jameson Murphy, posted to Twitter saying uh, today, being like, well, I couldn't say it at the time, but the thing that the guy said to him was, say hello to your missus for me, uh, your mistress for me. <laughs> and apparently that's enough to make Barnaby Joyce uh, flick your hat off. Hmm, which, like, uh, I, I love that as just an extremely Australian country pub. Well, they're all wearing hats like, for a start. Is that like a is that like a glove slap? I think it might be. It's getting there. It's getting there. Um, what? There's a slightly humiliating element to it because you have to bend over to pick up your hat. Hmm. You might even have to dust it off. Oh, you don't want to do that. Mm, not in front of everybody. No. Um. Yeah, so there's there's all kinds of in- interesting elements going on with this whole thing. Um, and, you know, like, obviously, I don't know. I mean, there's there's examples of times that, that you can think of where, like, somebody's family has been brought into, into the public about something. But often it is actually the politician who brings it up. I mean, I was just thinking then about... Um, uh, former Senator Jackie Lambie uh, constantly bringing up her son's ice addiction mm-hmm. um, and, you know, fr- framing that as as for, for policy reasons, that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, like part, part of what's confounding about this whole thing is this idea that as people seem to constantly refer to it, that this was like an open secret in Canberra. Um, I myself had heard this thing directly from like at least two people well before it was publicized people who like work in the government or whatever um i'm pretty sure as soon as someone told me i said it on the show <laughs> but uh but we're not we're not um laurie oaks or anything um i am i'm laurie oaks yeah i've i've changed my tie six times in this uh, podcast so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so so number one, it's very weird that so many journalists and stuff would be aware of the deputy prime minister having a long-running affair with a member of his staff, and not think that 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 should constitute something they should report on. And part of part of that is that you keep hearing these people saying around the political spectrum and different politicians and stuff saying, "Well, it's his private life," and you know what what people do consensually shouldn't matter and everything. Now, I've, I've seen a lot of people challenge that by saying, well, he ran, you know, he ran um, the, helped run the no campaign in the same-sex marriage debate. He, people were saying, well, you know, he wanted to be involved in what I do behind closed doors. He wanted to moralize about whether or not, you know, what kind of relationship I'm allowed to have. And I'm kind of like, I, I absolutely understand people's relative glee in that, in saying like, well, fuck this guy. This is how he treated me and people like me. And now he's getting a big dose of it. So I don't want to let him off the hook. I totally understand that. I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's kind of the driving issue here. I'm surprised that there aren't as many people um, in the public sphere talking about it in the context of as a workplace issue. Yeah. That's 100% the issue here for me because yeah, know, it's, like it's his, not- his position on same-sex marriage was obviously he was against it. He ended up abstaining uh, 
instead of voting. Uh, but he was never, he never quite very clearly was like, hey, family values. The one soundbite we do have of him talking about it was that completely incomprehensible, insane thing that sounded like he was saying, hey, if we get gay marriage, I won't be able to marry my daughters anymore. Oh, was it? yeah, where he was like, I, if in order to keep my four daughters safe, I must be able to marry them off to a man. And if gay people can get married, they'll no longer have that. Yes. It was like... Uh, it was very there's... weird and very confusing. So it's there's not like a very clear through line. It would have really been good if there was a gotcha of him being like, hey, it's about family values. And then he's like, also, I'm horny as fuck. That would have been very funny. Mm, I cannot uh, stop fucking... But instead, we're left with this shitty middle ground, and like, you know, it's it is it's it's insanely funny that he had an affair. But uh, you know, if it was any, I don't know, just the idea of a politician being brought down for the fact they had an affair is not doesn't sit a hundred percent well with me. But the fact that he was having sex with a member of his staff, like, that's just fucking like workplace one hundred and one. Like yeah. lesson one: don't fuck a coworker. Lesson two, really, really do not fuck someone that is in a less powerful position than you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's um, it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry and black and white in a lot of workplaces. Um, I would have thought that you know anybody anybody working for. Well, wait a second. How how does that work? Are people who work for say somebody who is a direct staffer to Barnaby Joyce or whoever. I, is I that person they're, not, a, a, they're an employee of the office, I believe. And not the political uh, party. Yes. Uh, folks, if you're out there listening right now and you're smarter than us, like I know a lot of you are, um, please let us know. Please let us know whether or not somebody who is like the an aide or a staffer um, to a minister uh, or a political leader or whoever uh, are they hired by the political party or are they? do they just come with the office? It's not party money. Like, it is government money, I'm relatively certain, but I don't think they're like a civil servant. Uh, I don't know. We're smarter people hmm. than us. Let us know how Please wrong we are. Sound yes. off in the comments. <laughs> yes. Um, but the point remains, though, that... Um, you know, again, often often what you hear from politicians when they talk about how they should get paid more and how they should have greater access to travel allowance and entitlements and all that kind of stuff, um, the line they often run is, you know, well, um, well, you want you want these people who are the best and brightest captains of industry, and we could be out there working in private industries for three times as much money, but out of the goodness of our hearts, we'll grift you instead. Um, and, but this is like, this shit wouldn't fly in a corporate environment. No, um, it, absolutely it, not. It wouldn't fly for you, you just standard public servant. You would likely sack both of these people, uh, if you found out that that, that had been going on or they would be quietly moved to other positions. Uh, yeah. Gem- yeah. Uh, even, even in the. Even in the best case scenario for those people, I think they would say, oh, we know about this now. Uh, you work in this department now and you need to find a job somewhere else. <laughs> like, 
that would generally be the best case sort of thing. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting how few commentators uh, seem to be talking about that, as opposed to the idea of granting Barnaby Joyce, you know, privacy for these affairs in this difficult time and all that sort of thing, out of the goodness of our hearts, as opposed to the idea that, um, yeah, he's just engaged in. Uh, conduct in the workplace that is completely unacceptable. Yeah, and I'm in my head. I'm I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, people are fucking stupid when it comes to sex and attraction and all that nonsense. And I'm sure maybe they fell crazily in love, and it was a an epic emotional experience beyond anything he'd ever thought could possibly happen. And it was so overwhelming and romantic that they just had to go with it. Hold on a second. Also, can, I just get you, can I get you to pause that right there and say, uh, if you are an international listener who does not know what Barnaby Joyce looks like, pause the show at this point, <laughs> search for a picture of him, and then try to transplant what Ben was just describing. Surely the uh, episode image, image go on, is going to be just the biggest, reddest Barnaby Joyce face we can find. Of which there, oh are, there are many. It'll just be a picture of a beetroot. Now, like you said, Ben, perhaps perhaps that was the case. Perhaps it was a whirlwind romance. Um, there was wild attraction there. They absolutely couldn't stop themselves. Uh, they tried to stay away, but, but the stars were crossed, etc., etc. That That version of events doesn't really jibe with the fact that it had apparently gone on for a very long time um months if not years um he he had only just announced as you said he only just announced his separation at the end of last year um his uh, new lady friend is heavily heavily pregnant um it's clearly all been been on for a very long time and this leads me to the sort of second part of what i feel should be uh, I guess more more upsetting to both journalists and members of the public. There is the fact that it was a workplace issue, but there's also the fact that, uh, to my mind, it's very difficult to look at the timeline of events here and not feel that his that the the way this news has been released has been very carefully stage managed. Um, to work around the by-election in New England mm-hmm. um, and basically to have the whole thing roll out so that he got to he got to announce it and say, I take full responsibility and I'm not proud of myself and all that sort of thing, but only at a time when once again his political fortunes were completely secure. Um, like we said, it's, it's, it's apparently been an open secret. Um, journalists have all been aware of it. It's gone on for a long time. Uh, there were a lot of rumblings for a really long time that he basically just didn't live in his home anymore, that his wife had thrown him out, that she was sick of helping him cover up for this affair, all that kind of thing. Um, yet, none of this none of this became public. Um, when, when he did get Section 44, um, and for some reason uh, didn't resign like so many other people had to, um, but he did get to hang out until they had the, the by-election in his seat. Um, he, he basically barely appeared in public uh, during that campaign. I think he had a very strong polling lead, but, he, but like he pretty much didn't appear in public in his electorate during that campaign 
um, apparently because his own campaign was so worried that his own family members were going to turn up at events um, and yep. publicly ruin them. There, there, I've definitely seen a lot of tweets to the effect that his own daughter uh, was chasing him up Peel Street, which I'm sure is a street in Tamworth, <laughs> uh, yelling about how he was having an affair uh, with a yeah. megaphone. Uh, so that all damage things to my mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. It seems like everybody was very aware, uh, that could have been pretty damaging, but again, uh, that was only ever referred to in the loosest of terms, the, the vaguest of innuendos, uh, even though, as we've said, after the fact, it's pretty clear that everybody knew about it. Uh, he has then won his by-election. Um, because I think that like Tony Windsor wound up not running against him because he himself had been smeared so much in the last campaign against Barnaby Joyce um, about his marriage. Oddly enough, it seems like Tony Windsor's private life is okay to campaign on. But anyway, uh, so yeah, he won his by-election, um, made his triumphant return, uh, acting like he'd been thoroughly vindicated, even though he wasn't actually eligible to be elected when he was, but whatever. And yeah, and then he, he came back in, as you said, announced his separation um, long after the fact during the same-sex marriage debate when I think it's pretty safe to say that he got to get it out, but the news cycle swept it away because the, you know, the, the news was going absolutely bananas at that point when it, all of that was happening. Um, and, you know, now finally, well, after the fact, it's been released in public and he gets to come out and say, oh, it's true. It's true. I, I did have an affair, uh, for fucking ages. Look at this nine month pregnant lady that I just had an affair with. Uh, yeah. So like that's, that's part of what just really bothers me about the whole thing is that it, it just seems that like, I'm not, I'm not one of these like Twitter boomers who's all, oh, every journalist is bought and sold by the Murdoch media and is, is deliberately playing a part in this. But like it really does, the entire thing really does have the air of he knew full well that due to those standing arrangements, uh, no journalists would actually say this is what's going on with him. And he just stage managed the entire thing accordingly around that. Yep. Yep. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think those conventions are shitty. I don't know. I think if if whatever your conduct you're doing in private life, uh, I think that if that presents any kind of danger to anybody, that that should be able to be discussed. I think uh, if what you're doing is, you know, inappropriate conduct or anything, which as we've said, I, I think that would have been under the guise of workplace conduct, uh, then that should be open for discussion. I think if you are you know, one of the leaders of the party which has made its entire bread and butter out of opposing same-sex marriage on the basis of the sanctity of marriage and how marriage will be ruined for all the well-behaved straights if, uh, if this goes through, uh, then, yeah, I do think your, your own infidelity and apparent, you know, carelessness for your own marriage, it kind of does become a topic of conversation. Absolutely. 
The important thing is the important thing is that Barnaby did not suffer any consequences, and he's totally fine now. Correct. Yeah, I think the uh, the only consequence he had to experience was uh, seven and a half minutes of absolute torture uh, on uh, ABC seven thirty last night. Uh, as he said the same sentence over and over to some very pointed questions from Lee Sales. Uh, she would ask very specific questions about uh, whether there was misconduct with the staff person, whether taxpayer funds was subsidizing time that they spent together, and he would just answer, well, I think private life should remain private every time. Apparently, he said the word private 31 times in that interview. Jesus. Uh, it was really weird. He described the end of his marriage as the greatest failure of his life, uh, which is kind of, I don't know, kind of weird. Uh, but one of the stranger things is that he, he, so uh, Lee directly asked him, you know, people have been accusing you of being a hypocrite because of your stance on blah, 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 and this blah, blah, blah. And he just said, no, absolutely not. You know, just because my marriage didn't work out, blah, 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 blah. He kept framing it as if some external circumstance mm. made his marriage fall apart. Not that he's a horny man. Con- continuing to his, get his affair. fuck on. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's a huge difference between, you know, you, you're at the Christmas party and... You, you get too hammered and Barnaby and, and, and his staff are fucking the copy room or whatever. And the next day while they're blisteringly hung over, they both go, oh, no, what have we done? Versus like I, I continue to conduct a long-term affair over the course of years. Yeah. Because it, it, it basically sounds like he had his wife and four daughters in his electorate and he had his Canberra wife. That's essentially what it sounds like. And so, I mean, for a, a, at least a little period, we were wrong about uh, having multiple families being dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well. He, um, he was living the dream. Just, just for a time. Just for a time there. Well, yeah. And, and as I have heard other people say, and I completely agree, um, it's, it is a shame and it is complete and utter bullshit to see, uh, you know, journalists talking to, again, the Deputy Prime Minister. When the Prime Minister goes overseas to do something, this guy's the leader of the country. Mm, and he horny. And and no one has, has sort of put it to him in the context we are talking about of, you know, like, like you said, he, he keeps going, oh, just because my marriage didn't work out, I'm not perfect and it's, or what a regret, all that kind of thing. Um, it's almost like his marriage didn't work out because of a series of choices he made as an adult, as, as a, yeah, like just as a, as a consenting adult went through and made a series of choices and continued to make and stick by those choices. Like I said, it's not, it's not a one night stand. It's just continuing to essentially have a second partner mm. and know that that's going on. And obviously having it get to a point where he's gone, uh, it seems like the time on this whole thing's just about up. I'm going to have to figure out how to 
gracefully exit my actual marriage. Uh, but no, nobody actually says that to him. They just go, how are things in your private life? And he goes, I'd rather not. Rather not get into. I'd rather not get into the accidental implosion of my marriage. It, oh, I mean, the big takeaway from all this is that none of this would have been an issue if he had embraced the poly lifestyle. Hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, well, look, you're going to have to start campaigning for that because while while we do have marriage equality now, um, you can't be married to multiple people. Can you? I don't believe so. No, I've not checked. But hmm. mm. also, because as as a staunch Catholic, um, he can't just oh. can't just be in a poly relationship. He's got to be polygamous. He's he needs multiple wives. That actually just was going to lead into the next point that I was going to make was that uh, <laughs> were they, what's going on with his contraception <laughs> method here? Were they just like fuck it? Who cares? Because, like, all right, I've been thinking about this. It's not like, I mean, I'm not, uh, you got two kids, so you're kind of an expert on this one, but it's not like, Mm -hmm. your strike rate for getting pregnant, not even close to 100%. It's not like, oops, the condom My first one was. My first one absolutely was. What? One time, and then I'm pretty sure that's how it works. That's it. Um, we, we you can got trace married. it back to a single time that you had sex and you absolutely know for sure. I can trace it back to the the week after we got married. But surely that's like um, 20 instances, right? The, on, on, your, on your honeymoon. I don't know, about 20. <laughs> the, the week after you're married several, is, your, is your honeymoon. Several. It's the horny moon as we and call it. And you'll say you could, track your, you could track your child back to a single instance. In the week, in the week following your marriage, which is your honeymoon, it was probably the first one. It was it was one instance of sex that took a week. <laughs> All right, but my point is, so you guys at that stage, you were having unprotected sex throughout your honeymoon week. Well, look, I still agree with your your central Wait, thesis no, here, the which goddamn is question. we we made we made a we made a conscious decision. To say, right. well, it doesn't matter now if we get pregnant. Okay, so my point is, he's a a middle aged man. I don't. Know, she's much younger than him. Actually, I think she's in her like mid thirties. Whatever. It's not like one she's time. Tw- Twenty years younger than him. It's not like one time, the condom broke or he didn't pull out or some shit happened, and that was like a a mistake that they made, and then boom, that's it. Like surely they have just got to be being super careless. Which means you've really got uh, a picture Barnaby Joyce with his mistress, knowing that it would destroy his entire life, being like multiple times, being like, fuck it, we're raw dogging it. Yeah. Oh, look, but we all know, like, we all know it's it's sexier when there's a bit of risk involved, don't we? Do not encourage that on this podcast. Everybody, please use contraception, use protection. Uh, it's not sexier. It's unsafe. Hey, the risk the risk doesn't have to be around the contraception. It can be anything. It can be anything you like. Someone could be putting a gun at your head. <laughs> also, don't David Carradine yourself or anything, folks. Um, or Michael Hutchins, if you'd like an Australian reference. Anyway. Let's not list 
everyone. <laughs> I, I can only yeah, think of two, right. honestly. So, um, yeah, no, I, I can. Well, I completely agree that Barnaby was raw dogging it, um, but multiple times, surely. He's probably got a latex allergy. Well, you can get the latex-free ones. They only cost like three bucks more. But you've got to keep in mind, he's charging all of this uh, to the corporate accounts. So, <laughs> 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 fly under the radar. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, well, that's it was probably an expenses scandal. And they said, oh, what's what's all this? And he was like, oh, I'll pay for that. Sorry, that's been it's been erroneously reported, which is, as we all know, what every politician gets to say. They get to go, oh, I didn't realize that I reported all my latex-free condoms on there. I'll pay for them. And then from then on, he was Maybe like... this we- is what broke the story. People are like, hey, why is your weekly budget $3 up? It's <laughs> weird. All the other line items match. Hey, oh, interesting. Although, uh, latex allergy is an acquired allergy. You can huh. get it from continued exposure to latex. Huh. So, huh. Mm. yeah, uh, lots of service workers get it from wearing latex gloves every day. You actually get more allergic to it over time. Hmm. Well, look, either way, uh, clearly he was brought undone by too much fucking, one way or the other. Who among us? Me, yeah. <laughs> well, Theo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's okay, I, I understand. I think another thing that we've learned is um, that it's just reinforced yet again that there is effectively nothing that an Australian politician can do um, that that will actually have any kind of negative impact on their career. Um well, oh, I guess they weren't technically a politician, but I think the uh, I'm titty fucking your mother. Oh, that was great. Uh, that that might have undone someone. Uh, uh, for anyone who's not familiar with this one, we we ran over on a previous episode. Um, we uh, listed a bunch of sexy Australian political scandals. Uh, one of them was a a guy who became police became chief? the police minister. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Became the police minister for about three days before um, he was at a work function. Um, had uh, taken off his shirt while hammered and was gyrating against the chest um, of a female colleague. He then turned to that woman's adult daughter and said, "Hey, look, I'm titty fucking your mother." Uh, which? What a line! What a line! The, the fact that he said mother, it's not mum. Well, he's showing respect. Mother. He's showing respect. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the number of expenses scandals that there have been um, in Australia where people get caught just lifting, you know, $15,000 to go to the grand final of the footy or whatever, and then they get caught and they go... Or forking out thousands and thousands of dollars for helicopter rides yes, or all that kind plane of trips for 45-minute drives. Well, there you go. Bromwell Bishop, um, the former Speaker of the House, Bromwell Bishop, was one of the very, 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 very few scalps to be claimed by an expenses scandal. And... And that was just a case of how extreme it had to get. Barnaby's been caught up in one of these before, actually. From memory, I believe he chartered a plane flight for something that's about a 45-minute drive. Well, see, I'm I'm not so hot on that one because he... Oh, uh, yeah, it was a 45-minute drive, wasn't it? I was going to say... It, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was one of the first articles I wrote for Pedestrian, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, there you go. Well, there, there is... I think there is a bit of debate around... Um, around... MPs for rural electorates um, 
charging for for charter flights and stuff like that because not everywhere is actually accessible by car or by commercial flights. Although, as you said, in this case, it was for somewhere that was 45 minutes away. Um, he was also he was also caught up in um, he went to mining magnate and big time liberal national donor uh, Gina Reinhardt's uh, her wedding or her daughter's wedding in India um, and charged taxpayers uh, for the flights back. I think he and again. All that happens is that people say, why the fuck are we paying for that? And he goes, whoops, I guess I'll pay for it. Uh, the end. And as we all know, if somebody turned around to one of us and said, um, I'm going to need you to pay $15,000 for something by tomorrow to avoid any bother, uh, we'd all be like, sure, here's $15,000, no worries. Yeah, I could do that. Or with the help of our patrons... Yeah, patrons, um, please, if you're listening to this and you're not a patron, um, help pay for our scandals. We don't have any yet, but we'd like to start having them. Yes, I love scandals. What sort uh, of scandal would you have, Theo, if you were going to have one? I think I'd treat myself to some like really nice like moleskin um, notepads. I'm picturing um, Theo Theo's marriage Theo's marriage collapsing because it turns out he's been having a long-term affair with Barnaby Joyce. Wow, that's a good one. God, can you imagine? <laughs> it would be almost worth it. Um, I think, honestly, my reading is that Caitlin would be so impressed that you managed to pull it off that she couldn't even be angry with you. Uh, she would absolutely be infuriated. Oh, okay. Well, apparently you know your wife better than I do. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Um, well, look, if there's one thing we can say, it's that... Uh, Barnaby Joyce has he has four children, um, four children, a wife. Somehow managed to conduct a long term affair, and that says to me he was. I think about he, actually four and two thirds children at the well, moment. Well, yeah, um, but his 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 old wife is only responsible for four of them. Um, I would just say that that's a pretty strong sign to me that he is not helping out with like the housework um, or or the kids in any way, because who has got time to conduct a long-running affair? Shall we... I don't want to make this call rashly, so I'll see if you two agree with this yeah. before we make it an official declaration of the podcast. Yeah. Barnaby Joyce, not a feminist? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I can get behind that. Mm. Barnaby Joyce, Theo? not woke. I'd say so. Yeah. Oof, rough. <laughs> scathing indictment handed down by the show that's official Punta Vista canon from now on uh, mm. Barnaby Joyce not a feminist you heard it here first folks it's an exclusive yeah I don't think anyone's bothered to say it before <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so uh, he'll never be held responsible for anything uh, like all of our politicians and he'll get to do whatever he likes and then at some point of his choosing um, he'll get to retire on a deliciously large pension forever. Oh, I think we should also, just before we wrap this up, definitely note that this is a hugely gendered thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have obviously been making that point, uh, but the roles were reversed and this was a female MP who had got uh, knocked up for getting in a, uh, from an affair that they were cheating on their partner with four kids with. Uh, she would be 100% instantly ousted from the political system permanently and probably also never get hired anywhere again. 
Yeah. Yep, I think that's probably a fair assessment. Um, it's a uh, yeah. It was quite a sad statement as well from from Barnaby's uh, soon to be ex wife, I guess. Oof, uh, yeah. yeah, where she basically said, you know, we're all really shattered and everything, and also I like we made an agreement that because his political career was important and everything, I completely put my career on hold uh, to raise our children. And uh, now here I am at whatever she is. I'm going to guess around like 50 or whatever. Uh, just hanging out with, with my four kids and uh, no career prospects. So thanks, Barnaby Joyce. You really did it, you big red horn dog. Big red dickhead. Big a- big angry red dicks. All right. Uh, that brings us, brings us back to what I guessed on last week's show was asking about. Um, he was asking about something from the week before, which, to be honest, I, I couldn't remember all that well. Uh, the angry red dicks thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I recall that. But then I wasn't there at the start of the last episode to talk about that. Oh, what a to-do. What a to-do. Now, that reminds me, folks. Um, we are going to be changing our dates, our dates that shows come out on. Um, date night with, with us. Date night with the crew. Um, we're just trying to trying to get a little more consistent on the delivery of our bonus episodes to our sweet, beautiful patrons, uh, whom we love and we kiss on the mouth uh, and face every night before we go to bed. Uh, so from now on, um, these episodes will be coming out on Mondays. You might even be hearing this one on a Monday. Uh, if everything goes according to plan, you will. It's Monday right now. Uh, and well, I mean, not everyone listens to it the instant that it comes out. It's Monday plus however many days it's been since Monday. It could be could be minus a day um, if you're in America. Yeah, it's true. I want you to do the maths. You'd actually God get that it. on Sunday. Right. Listener, I want you uh, to look at the date that you're on currently. Then I want you to subtract how many days after Monday the 11th, I believe it's going to be, or the 12th. <laughs> And then do that translation, and then instead of us saying hopefully it's Monday, say hopefully it's that, unless you're in a different time zone, which would move you to a different day, and then subtract whatever time you need to, and hopefully it's that day for you. Hmm. And bonus episodes will now be coming out on Wednesdays. <laughs> unless you're in America. Or in <sighs> you got to do that, maths. Someone's got to do it, and I tell you what, it's not going to be me. Uh, oh yeah, buddy. Uh, oh, just quickly, uh, my my partner would like to say hello to everyone from me on the podcast. She just said that to me in a message. Oh, okay. Uh, hello, everyone from George. Uh, hi, George. No, oh, she's, sorry, no, sorry, no, George. Not, not, not to not me. To you guys. Sorry. No, it's to the audience. Ah, oh. for fuck's sake. Well, I'm hello to the audience from George. Can you say hello to her anyway? She's I. You see her relatively often. You don't need to. She's really cool. You don't need to say hi to her. Okay, I didn't realize there was a limit, but yeah. Look, taking into account that that George is saying hi to the audience, just on behalf of herself mm-hmm. to the audience. So that's that's okay. been done, yep. right? That's done and dusted. All right. This is a separate now. Ad- greeting. Additionally to that, I would like to say hi to her. So if you can send a message to George that says um, Andrew and Theo say hi. No, no, no! I don't put me on the same message. You want your own message. You want your own message. Two, two messages. Yeah. Jesus Christ! All right, I've written. Andrew says hello. Theo, Theo, do you want to say hello or hi or? 
Give her a give her a hey. There it says hey. Make me sound formal now. Uh, Are you sending these in two separate messages? Yeah, two separate lines. Uh, it's just been seen. Um, she doesn't appear to be typing. It's great. This is a cliffhanger for the episode. More, more on this as it unfolds, folks. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, She's not typing. I, I can't help you. Oh, she is typing. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're back. The three little dots are doing their wavy dance. She's not a very fast typer. Oh, she just said, where the fuck is my g'day from Lucy? Oh, well, look. Good question. I'm going to abandon this bit because I can't type fast enough with my left hand That's good. Uh, to respond to her and then convey it back. It's good. I've, I feel like this bit is thoroughly worn out. It's welcome. Uh, Was it ever welcome? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyway, folks, um, that's probably about all we have time for today. I can't believe we didn't get to get into the... Uh, into Rocket Man. Into Rocket Man. He's really one of my favorites... We've run out of time. Oh, look, we've got five minutes. Can I bash out a quick summary of his adventures? Absolutely. All right. Pound it out, Ben. Don't say that. Just so there's Pound out a hot five for us, will you? <laughs> there's a man. His name is Mad Mike Hughes. He is a stuntman. Uh, and he made headlines uh, in, I believe, November of last year. Uh when he said that he was going to fly a rocket that he built himself uh, up into the sky uh, in the service of flat earth trutherism. Mm. So at the time that it was reported, everyone was like, this this guy's going, I think it was, I was not that high, uh, 1.6, no, 549 meters in the air was his planned trajectory. And everyone was like, hey, man. You can't see the curvature of the Earth uh, <laughs> until you're about 30 times higher than that. Uh, and he was like, shut the fuck up. But he made... You know what he should have said? He should have said, there is no curvature of the Earth. Oh, that would have been a much better retort. Shut him right down, yeah. Uh, so, the way this sort of came about is that before he was into flat Earth stuff, uh, he had a Kickstarter for $150,000. And he made 310 bucks from it. So he didn't have enough money to make the rocket. But all of a sudden, he got this money from Flat Earth Research, so a flat earth organization. Uh, and it was enough for him to build the rocket. And it suddenly became a flat earth thing. So a cynic's reading of this situation would be that he saw a source of money, flat earth people. Mm -hmm. uh, and he decided, cool, I get to do my rocket, whatever. Suddenly I'm a flat earth guy. But... He did seem to adopt the idea very earnestly. Uh, unfortunately, his first flight did not work out because the Bureau of Land Management said to him, hey man, you absolutely cannot fly your homemade rocket through public lands. And he was like, ah, shit. So he came up with another plan. Uh, he... Uh, found a small bit of private land in uh, California. I can't quite remember where. Um, but it was a bit of private land. So he was fine to do the launch on there. And he just, Amboy, California was where it was. And he announced that he was going to go straight up this time instead of in a parabolic arc. Although, of course, as Theo would probably clarify, uh, you could still describe 
the way he traveled with a parabola, but that's fine. Uh, wow, that's that's really astute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, he announced that he was going to do this trip and uh, his second one, and he got a lot of criticism because people knew him from the last time, and now it's a bit of a running joke that people will comment on his shit with stuff like pictures of the curvature of the earth or whatever. And he is very active on Facebook and he replies to all of these people. And it is absolutely incredible. Uh, So he was telling these people, no, I'm not going up to prove that the earth is flat. I'm going up to raise awareness so that I can raise the 1.8 to 2 million USD required for him to do a manned space flight later in the year. <laughs> is, and is he also going to make that rocket? Uh, he's not clarified on that, but a lot of people were commenting on his Facebook being like, hey, you know, for like 200 bucks, you can basically just strap like a GoPro to uh, like a really, really high altitude weather balloon or whatever. Uh, and one of his responses to this really succinctly sort of defines... Uh, his worldview. Brian, it is all about a manned privateer flight to the edge of space. If you cannot get your mind around flat earth, then go put your head back in the sand, dude. This is not the only time I've been at the leading edge of something. I revolutionized NASCAR. I am the world's top limo driver, and I'm the only man in history to design, then build, then launch myself in my own rocket. So fly your drones up your ass. <sighs> oh. I uh, I think they should call him Smart Mike. I think they should. Uh, normal Mike. Normal Mike Hughes. Hang on, we're just going to blast back the... Uh, was the limo driver part? He is the world's top limo driver. And this is not, oh, man. by any stretch of the imagination, the first time that he has made this claim. He has repeatedly claimed to be the world's top limo driver. How do they rank? Oh, fuck. I want to know the criteria yeah. around that. The Who? metrics. Most trips. The most customer satisfaction. Who's the officiating body of... I don't think it's of, an official title, but he seems very convinced of it. Uh, maybe maybe oh, someone got just, him a mug. <laughs> this just really reminds me of the time I was at like a rural McDonald's and they had this tiny uh, roundabout um, like on the corner of the block where McDonald's was and a limo had tried to go through it and got stuck on the roundabout. Then they started doing the Austin Powers reverse backwards, <laughs> go forwards, reverse backwards, go the forwards. The million point turn. For like five minutes. Oh, that's good content. That's so good. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, So the final update on this uh, is that uh, three or four days ago, he all the press arrived, he got in his rocket, he went to take off, and the thing didn't work. Uh, it turns out that he had, uh, there was a bung actuator on it. Actuator was fucked up, uh, but he reckons he's going to fix it. It's basically ready to go. He can't, it could happen within a week, but he's not super sure uh, because he is currently busy suing the governor, the franchise tax board, the legal department for the franchise tax board, the attorney general of California, and Senator Kamala Harris. Uh he has not made clear why he's doing that, but in a small footnote uh, on the Facebook post in which he said that, um, 
Oh, so this is quite confusing because it was a Facebook post without a picture attached to it, but there's a sentence in there that says, also, this picture is the beginning paperwork to run for governor in the once great state of California. So on top <laughs> of him suing all those people, he's also running for governor of the state of California in the 2018 gubernatorial election. What? Well, truly a renaissance man. What a man. Just- I, re- I respect the hustle. I respect everything about him. You watch all these videos and he's very earnest. Uh, I Frankly, I'm in love with him and I really hope that when he dies from his rocket exploding him directly <laughs> into the earth, he has a big old smile on his face. I I really like that um, everything that I've ever heard about this guy, nobody has ever like given any impression of expecting any other outcome than Mike exploding when he tries to take off in his rocket. A hundred percent. He's going to die. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's absolutely no kind of like, Ooh, let's see what happens. We all know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, he is going to uh, uncle and aunt Beru himself. Uh, which leads to this week's crime pass. Uh, you are legally allowed to fly a homemade rocket on public lands, uh, federal land, I don't, whatever the Australian equivalent is of Bureau of Land Management land. Uh, get in your rocket, launch yourself at 800 kilometers an hour, uh, directly up or across or any direction you like. Godspeed, I'll see you in Valhalla. Hmm. If you feel like doing a um a, a wily coyote rocket on the train tracks kind of deal, just go for it. Yep. Whatever you feel, really. Um, if you want to strap the rocket to your back, put on a pair of skateboards, set up a ramp. If that's the most efficient way for you to get up high, uh, go for it. Go if for you it. want to tie uh, the roadrunner to a rocket, but then have the roadrunner slip the bonds of the rope and attach you to the rocket, and then you're whisked up in the sky, mugging at the camera, sort of like, how did this happen? Mm. Uh, go nuts yeah uh, and look oh, before before we duck off I'm gonna pull one question from the mailbag here uh, and and non-patrons should keep this question in mind uh, friend of the show Nick Cornish asks will Theo have to get the Waluigi tattoo since he wasn't on the Bunta Vista crew when the gold tiers were decided oh I was talking to to people at work about this yesterday because uh, we were talking about Waluigi for some reason. I said, hey, we have this thing on our Patreon for the the podcast. And then it only occurred to me as I was explaining it that, that Theo does not have any tattoos. He's not the sort of person mm. that would get tattoos and would probably be kicked out of home by his wife uh, if he came home with a Waluigi tattoo. God, I'm so scared. <laughs> you have to do it. So... For, for people who are unaware, um, on our, our Patreon, we have several different uh, tiers of goals for, you know, types of content we will start producing once we hit certain, you know, X, X dollar amounts per month um, in pledges from our patrons. And the very top tier that we have is that each member of the cast um, will get a tattoo of a strange Nintendo freak show character, uh, Waluigi. Uh, and, and yeah, so Theo wasn't uh, on board when that was set up. Um, but now he is and you know, his name's on the Patreon and also that goal is on the Patreon. So mm. I don't know. I feel like we can all just draw a line straight between those two things. We're not silly. You've been taking that cash. It's very true. You can't betray the patrons. 
Where do you reckon you're going to get it, Theo? This is a nightmare to me. Um, I've I've thought about this. I'm thinking I'm like so glad. um. I was literally thinking about this on the bus ride uh, to work this morning. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking. So far, I've got my hip. Uh, yeah, okay. Classic, classic no-show. Uh, you won't spot. get it on your ass. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I thought little little Waluigi head on the butt would be pretty good. <laughs> well, I can't. All right. So if I was going to get it, I want I want the like uh, Waluigi from uh, Mario Kart, like barely able to step into. Uh, a cart that's just way too small for him mm-hmm. um, yep. with his monstrous spider legs. You want the um, longest Waluigi? Yep. The, <laughs> I want the long boy. Uh, yeah. Um, but yes, uh, I, I will lose sleep about this as the uh, Patreon uh, crawls inexorably towards uh, that goal. So hmm. I, um, I want to get one by a friend of the show, um, cartoonist Brandon Reese. Oh, uh, God, that would be God, so that good. good. Yeah, he, uh, he does a delightful uh, Waluigi floating through oh, space with his, Google that. with his dick out. It's, uh, it's good stuff. All right, I'm not allowed him with, with his dick out. Let's just uh, draw that line. Uh, so for all those reasons and more, if you are not currently a patron, you can get on over to patreon.com forward slash Punta Vista and uh, sign up if you would like to support the show, uh, get additional episodes, now coming out on Wednesdays, possibly Tuesdays, depending on where in the world you live. Oh, uh, and if, yeah, that too, that too. Look, time, time is a funny thing, you know. Uh, and of course, if you would like to contribute to our, our number one biggest overarching goal of all just having to get a really weird tattoo of Waluigi. Yeah. And there you have it, folks. There you have it. Mine is going to be sick. It's going to be really <laughs> fucking good. I'm going to get him done as uh, religious iconography and it's going to fucking kick ass. Nice. Nice. Very into that. Uh, so on that note, folks, uh, we'll leave you to it. Leave you with all of the horrifying mental images that we've left you this week of uh, Barnaby Joyce having an affair, uh, Waluigi floating through space with his dick out, a rocket man exploding in the sky. <laughs> But there's also positive images too. A newborn baby, uh, the world's greatest limo driver. There's all kinds of nice things you can think about too. This is like the fucking end of an art house movie <laughs> where they're trying to convey the message that life is full of good and bad things. <sighs> all right, folks, that's it for us this week. We'll see you over on the bonus episode, our sweet patrons. So long. Bye. Bye-bye. And you can't describe a thing straight up and down with a parabola. That's um, parabola needs like a quotient to the second power. Oh, uh, you fucking be a, That's absolutely absurd. You're suggesting the, that no, because that way it would have to have had no lateral movement, which would not happen in any system. Or you said you said straight up. Uh, oh fuck off! I'm talking about an actual physical system. No, that's what about wind? It's completely what about wind?